Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gutshot, home of the hottest takes in Magic the Gathering. I am Fred, also known as War Crimes Uwu, and joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Will, also known as Aggressive Rhetoric. Greetings, friends. That's right, it's Gutshot, the only MTG podcast that sometimes, just sometimes, takes a break from spoiler season. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I have to make like six fucking videos this week about spoilers. Only for a little bit, because I'm, I, we have plenty of spoiler stuff to talk about, but that's that's in the future. Yeah, it sounds like you got a lot yeah. on your plate then. Uh, you, uh, are you, okay, just off the top, you know, off the cuff how are you feeling about Kaldheim? uh go ahead and g- give me oh, your, give me your off the take more excited than i've been for a set since i mean i'm excited i'm as excited for this as i am for Theor- as i was for theorist beyond death theorist okay. beyond death i thought hit it out of the park and this is equally exciting so very hyped for this set i think by talking about this we are officially not actually taking a break from spoilers therefore my joke does not Ooh. make any sense ouch Ru- hey <laughs> we ruined it my <laughs> there's one thing that you can uh, expect from me every single gut shot episode and that is to ruin the episode thoroughly and uh um uh completely oh uh, yeah i mean i i uh, I, I think I, I do a pretty good job of that as well um but yeah uh so how do you feel about uh the um inauguration or if you're a cool uh feminist gamer like myself the inauguration? Ooh, yeah i haven't heard that one. Oh, i'm gonna have to steal that one and use that one on twitter um i i thought it was nice um i i love seeing the fashion you know i love seeing all of the um you know um creative and uh colorful masks that everyone had uh and i turned it off as soon as everybody started talking i watched everyone come in and saw the spectacle you know the the fashion show but once uh, amy klobuchar showed up i was just like yeah, I'm, I'm done with this yeah, um, I saw a weird Amy Klobuchar war comic once, and I can't look at her. Oh yeah, I think um, I think anymore. we all saw. I think we all saw that. Yeah, that show was disturbing. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean we can finally go back to brunch and ignore all the poor people dying of a pandemic uh, and not having housing, etc. Uh, we defeated fascism by voting it out because that's a thing that you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of brunch, do you know what my favorite thing to order for brunch is? What's your favorite thing to order for brunch? Great Magic the Gathering mechanics. Excellent segue. Um, so this is an episode we've been planning for a while. This we want to talk about... This would be really great if one of my mechanics was food tokens, which it's not, so... Yeah, yeah it's not for me either. Although, yeah, I did like that mechanic. That was cool. Didn't they... Haven't they made a couple of cards that make food since we've left Eldrain? Uh, I don't know. I, I want to say no, but I may be missing something. I I feel like it was in Commander products or something we don't pay attention to. Yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if there was, but uh, in, in a, in a uh, normal standard set, no. But we are talking about today our ma- magic has been around for a long time and we uh, th- there are certain mechanics that magic has invented in the past that work in various ways uh and you know people have a lot of um strong opinions about whether they like them or not we wanted to talk about mechanics from magic's past that we personally love and that we think would be great for the game to go back to um so some of these i you know feel are really Really, like primed uh, to come back in the major uh, standard set. Some of these are just uh, favorites of mine. I know Fred probably has just some uh, personal favorites of his, but we're going to go through these and talk about what mechanics we would love to see return in Magic the Gathering. Yeah, some of these we're going to want back as evergreen, and some of these we just want to return every few sets, and, and and maybe some of them we just want back on a mythic in one set without like the mechanic being named necessarily. Um, but these are all mechanics that we love to play with during our time playing Magic, and then we would like to see return. We think they fill some elegant design space, or they're just really fun to play with. Magic has really given themselves the room to bring back things uh, a la carte, so to speak. Um, you know, we're not talking about Caldheim spoilers yet, um, but poison counters are coming back in Caldheim, and, and it's only on one card. So, you know, they're willing to bring back something like that for one particular card and we've seen uh, examples of this you know here and there i think uh uh the new uh blue white planeswalker uh, nico Aris, i think uh uses shard tokens i don't think anything else in call time uses shard tokens so they're willing Correct. they're willing to bring uh, to like do new things or bring things back for individual cards um so yeah. we should definitely keep that in mind when talking about these mechanics that's a great way for them to to uh bring fan favorites back 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with that said, um, do you want to jump into fan favorites we want back? Yeah, let's let's go ahead. Favorites of these two fans? Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. And why don't you start us off, uh, Frederick? You tell us what's your first mechanic that you'd love to see come back. Yeah, so um, let me preface this with Blue Black has always had trouble finding an identity in limited formats, right? Mm -hmm. um, milling <laughs> is about all that they've been able to find in common. And not everybody who wants to play the two objectively best control colors in Magic wants to play a mill deck mm -hmm. yeah i think they struck gold oh sorry go ahead oh no i was, I was gonna say um uh blue black is kind of known as like this um you know uh have it's, it's a spell heavy type of card um co uh, color combination is that it focuses on lost spells counter spells like kill spells stuff like that but you know especially in limited environments you have to play creatures and creatures yeah. Uh, you know, I won't say are like not powerful or not useful in blue black decks, but those those creatures, other than maybe like flying, don't really have a unifying mm -hmm. oh, a way to unify them. And I think I think what you're about to talk about is a way that that would happen. Yes, I think they struck gold in Eldritch Moon with Skulk, uh, and it is silly to me that they've not brought it back. Um, or Shadows over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon. Um, so this is an example card I provided as one that was really good and limited, which was one mana, one, one Skulk lifelink. Now Skulk says this creature can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. Um, so if your opponent has bigger creatures, this can get under them. The only way to really block this guy and kill him is with like a one, two or a one, three or another one, one. Um, so it could, ju it's just a type of situational evasion, sort of similar to flying, except any deck not every deck is going to include flyers or reach creatures, but any deck could theoretically include creatures that could like be blocked by creatures with skulk because it's just about the size of the creature. Mm -hmm. um, so there's sort of built-in counters to it in different decks. But this guy was really cool because you know he would usually hit your. There there were a whole games in limited where you would just keep hitting your opponent with this guy. He was basically just unblockable. But there were also games where he wasn't very good. So it was like a high risk, high reward sort of thing putting him in your deck. And that was the same with any skulk creature. And obviously skulk tended to go on very small creatures. So I mean. That it's limited in that way in a sense like you can put flying or something on a bigger creature but i loved skulk i loved the way it played and i was surprised that they didn't bring it back yeah it works really well like uh, i just mentioned earlier you know blue black is kind of known as a more um controlling color combination so you know you need if you're playing a deck that's just filled with like draw cards and um you know kill kill creatures and counter spells you need a way to end the game and skulk is a great way to give them their own mechanical identity that's also that works well with a controlling deck but also is not super powerful to where it just takes over the game like it's not it's not aetherling you know where it's like if you land it you know there's nothing that you can do this will just slowly chip away and all the skulk creatures kind of did this uh it'll slowly chip away at your opponent's life total while you play the controlling game uh, and that's exactly what those decks want uh you know right. especially in limited yeah it's a real shame that this was never brought back because it seems so I won't say perfect, but it just seems so evergreen. You you can you could tell when they designed this that they meant it to be evergreen. And then for whatever yeah. reason, maybe maybe they didn't like the thing where it's uh, it changed based on uh, you know the creature's power. Um, maybe they yeah. just wanted to go in a different direction. I I don't know, but um, yeah, it, it's a real shame that this was only for what two sets, one set, the uh, Shadows Over Innistrad, and then Eldritch Moon. Um, yeah, there's so much room uh, for this to be explored. Um, you know, there, there's a lot more cards they could make with this. So I'd love to see this come yeah. back. And we did actually see it come back just a tiny bit. Uh, and I'm sorry to bring this up, but we did see this on the Walking Dead Secret Lair Glen card. So they haven't completely forgot about it. But um, yeah, and it, it, they could they could make a they could do a lot more with this. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I think this could definitely come back on a few cards each set in blue and black and be right at home. Um, you have a little bit more of a, a, not controversial, but a little bit more of a, a mechanic that definitely has to has to be supported in one set. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to hear what, what your reasoning is for why you love this mechanic so much, because I, I like it too, but... I think you have a, an interesting relationship with this mechanic. Do you want to tell us what the next one is? A, a little, a little bit. But uh, yeah, so my mechanic that I want to talk about is Wither. Now, Wither comes from Eventide and... Um, uh, 
Oh, what's the other set? Why am I blinking? Shadowmore, Shadowmore and Eventide. Uh, you know, so the flip side of the Lorwyn block. And wither simply means it's a key word that would be on creatures. Uh, and it would say, mm -hmm. this deals damage to creatures in the form of minus one, minus one counters. So basically, it turns creature combat into Hearthstone. Uh, any damage uh, that's done in combat, um, there might be a few or, you know, at least one or two like um, damage spells that also had wither or something that would give damage spells wither so yeah. yeah you could do that as well but it was mostly on creatures and when these creatures would deal combat they would put minus one minus one encounters on each other and it really would just work like how you know um combat and, and hearthstone works this is not really a mechanic that would make sense to put on one singular card um Given that's such a simple mechanic, it would it's if you only wanted one or two creatures to be able to do this, you would just write it out on the card. Um, so yeah. I, I don't think it would come back as just a one one card. But I think that if you, we went back to uh, Shadowmore or we went to another plane that was minus one minus one counter themed, um, you know, maybe New Frexia dot 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 um, or something like that. <laughs> that was a very um, you know Amonkhet. I could definitely see this um, uh, existing on Amonkhet. Yeah, I was surprised it didn't exist on Amonkhet. Right, right. Um, yeah, any set that's going to care about minus one, minus one counters, this would be a great mechanic uh, to bring back. And I think that this works well as a set mechanic. And, you know, if you can yeah. build your set around the fact that creature combat is most like most creature combat is going to work a little differently than other sets, uh, then I think mm -hmm. you can, you can create an interesting experience there. Um, and then, you know, there's lots of things you can do with minus one, minus one counters that would make sense for a set that, um, uh, is, uh, designed around them. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. It changes the way that limited plays in a huge way. Like if a lot of creatures you have have wither, then f giving them first strike goes way up in value. So a lot of those white combat tricks that tend to circle the drain become a lot cooler. It really turns limited on its head in a fun and interesting way. Right, right, yeah. It changes combat in, a, in an interesting way, but it's not inherently broken because it only just, um, you know, um, uh, reduce, reduces their... Um, uh, reduces the power and toughness of the creature um so yeah um it would change how first strike works which is interesting uh and i just think this would be a really good um uh mechanic to come back now to talk about what you were saying i do have a bit of a interesting history with this mechanic because i'm a huge infect player in modern mm -hmm. now i have to say it was very very few and far between when i would actually care about putting minus one minus one counters on other creatures uh, that right. mostly happened when um my opponent would block my ink moth nexus with another ink moth nexus that's really the only time it would really happen um but yeah so i definitely have a lot of experience with creatures that can do this in addition uh to making uh poison tokens and if this came back i wouldn't be surprised if not not the infect mechanic but you know if if maybe that set had something that would also care about poison counters i think that would be really cool so wither i think it would be really cool for this mechanic to come back I agree. I think it would be awesome. The only problem is, like, Wizards has said in standard sets, they don't want minus one, minus one counters and plus one, plus one counters in the same sets. And I kind of disagree, but we would have to wait for a minus one, minus one counter set to come around. But I hope that one does soon so we can see this mechanic return. We're, we're overdue. Uh, Almond Cat, I believe, yeah. was the last one. That was, oh, geez, like I think what, you're right. four or five years ago. So, yeah, yeah Almond Cat now, Devastation, yeah. Yeah, it, it, we're, we're overdue. So, um, But you have another one. I, I want to hear what your next mechanic is. Yeah, so this one kind of has come back, um, and I'm I'm pretty liberal about the way they bring this back. Um, so Living Weapon was a mechanic that was only on equipment, um, and when it, basically it said when that equipment entered the battlefield, you create a 0-0 black germ creature token and then attach this to it. Now, all of these um, equipments had to give a toughness so that the germ could survive. I don't really care about it specifically creating a germ. I mean, it's flavorful, but like they brought it back making a 1-1 elemental in one of the core sets, and they also brought one back making a 1-1 soldier, a 2-2 wolf. Like they sort of, oh, I guess they did a cycle of this in a core set where, well, a kind of a cycle where three of them um, made a creature when they came in and attached the equipment to it. And I think that's brilliant design. It fixes the inherent problem of equipment, which is them being useless if you don't have a creature. 
it basically is a creature that you can just, when it dies, you can attach it to something else. Um, And I think that's really, really unique game design. I love Living Weapon. I would love for it to come back, but I like it when it comes back even not with the name. Like just, you know, this set we have um, soldier tokens, so this sword comes with a free soldier. You know, they made one of those in a core set, and that card was, like, it was limited playable it wasn't like it didn't make a, a splash in standard but it was just a really cool card and i love this mechanic a lot yeah so basically reprint the mechanic but defrexianize it because the living weapon sure. is really good but it's very phyrexian like it, mm-hmm. if living weapon comes back it, you know in this particular form it's going to have to be the germ creature token and everyone's going to associate it with phyrexia regardless of whether they have a presence on whatever plane uh this is yeah, it just seems like such a uh, home run in terms of how um, equipments can be evolved and um, you know be done with um, other tokens, uh, like it's been written out on those core set cards. Um, yeah, I would I would love to see more equipment to come in and attach themselves automatically to a new creature. Um, yeah, I have my doubts as to whether Living Weapon would return unless we go back to New Phyrexia or we get mm-hmm. a an increased Phyrexian influence on other planes. You know, quote quote unquote, hint hint, wink wink. But uh, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. This is just great design, and um, yeah, it's really unfortunate that this keyword is so Phyrexianized that it's you know a little difficult to bring just just reprint it. It's uh, you know on its own into other. Um, uh, into other sets if if they kind of like made a new keyword with uh, of living weapon but just it, it was the same thing only it was a, like a, maybe a construct uh, creature token so it could be um to different planes and then they could just keep using that keyword instead of having to like write out like different types of tokens for different types of um planes or situations i think that would be really good design yeah, I'm fine with this just coming back every few sets on one card, making whatever kind of token is relevant to that set. But I, I would, of course, love, you know, if we return to Phyrexia, getting Living Weapon, or just on a dif- on a different plane, making, like, an Elf, or a, a, a Boggart, or whatever, or a, what, a Brushwag, I don't know. Um, I just want some Living Weapons-type gameplay. Um but next we've got a very interesting mechanic that has also taken a very long time to return and has only returned once since its debut. Um, this mechanic divides the community, I think, um, in terms of who likes it and who doesn't, but you are a big fan. Uh, so tell us about level up. Yeah. So I am a huge fan of level up and I'll be the first to admit some of that is is nostalgia. I played a lot during, uh, you know, the original Zendikar rise of the Eldrazi. So, this mechanic is near and dear to my heart. And I totally understand that there are people who dislike this mechanic and, you know, Wizards R&D employees who also don't think that this is a good um, mechanic to come back. Um, the level up mechanic, for those of you who don't know, um, these are creatures. Um, are there any level ups that aren't creatures? I think they're all creatures. No, they are all creatures. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a creature that has a base power and toughness. Uh, and it may be like a base ability, um, but they'll all have a level up ability, which is uh, usually mana. Uh, you'll pay mana at sorcery speed to put a level up. Uh, put a level counter on the creature uh you can only do it as a sorcery and then they will have um tiers of levels as soon as and and those will vary no uh you know depending on the creature um Mm -hmm. the one that i have on the uh on the screen here was a a limited all-star knight at cliffhaven and um they become a new a new creature they gain toughness at level one that's not always the case sometimes it wouldn't be anything until like level five or something like that but uh you know level one to three it gains flying and gets an extra point of toughness and then once it's past level four um it becomes sarah angel and and all these creatures do uh different things a lot of people did not like the fact that level up happened as a sorcery. Um, you know, uh, th- that that's a little limited in what you can do. It kind of forces you to play in a certain way where you have to commit on your turn without being able to keep up um, all of your mana. Yeah. I do think that level up is um, would be too strong if it was instant speed because then you could just, you know, sit on, you know, on, on your... Um, uh, sell on your mana and uh, basically get above rate creatures for practically th- uh, t- for practically free. 
I think that that's yeah. correct. It's correct for it to be sorcery. But I understand that some people um, don't like it. I think that this would um, be great as to come back as a set mechanic. Uh, one, it's just one of the more unique designs in Magic the Gathering. I mean, look at this card. No other kind of version of of magic cards look quite like this maybe saga is the um yeah. is the is the most recent example of something like this and those have proven to be very popular so i mm -hmm. think that level up would also be very popular if it if it came back the the fact that the uh, level up is at sorcery speed i think creates interesting decisions and of course magic players don't want interesting decisions they just want everything right. to be easy and free <laughs> which is why they want to be an instant uh uh instant speed and also this this design just looks really cool. Um, you know, I, I just have a very like positive visceral reaction to seeing the design of the levels on these cards. Uh, and, and I just think if we had another set where a level up came back and it was reiterated on, I think it would be a really fun and very popular set. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think um, there's ways to hammer out and fix the sort of inherent issues with level up that being that like it's a mana sink but it's a creature i think they did a great job of fixing that with hex drinker which was the snake from um modern horizons and the only time we've seen level up since its debut um which gave itself protection with enough levels so you could choose not to play it until you could level up, up enough to give it protection from instance um and i think that was a really cool and good design um and i think if we see more stuff like that on the level up cards that come out later uh then that would be good but like the card that you picked like knight of cliffhaven like that's a perfect example it's a it's a two two for two in limited and you can level it up later to make it better and it like might eventually become uh, a sarah angel it probably won't in most games but like just these kinds of elegant designs that can only really come from this mechanic and i, I would love to see it come back as a set mechanic for sure yeah, I think there's a lot more that they could do with that. And and it has its fans. There are some people who would be very excited if something like this uh, came back. But uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, that, so that's level up. Uh, let, let's move on to, to your next one. I think you're talking about Exert. Uh, why would you want to see this come back to Magic? Uh, I just think it was really unique. They didn't exactly fill out all the design space they could with it. I think they've got one more set to get out of this mechanic. Uh, what Exert does is... Um, you can make the creature not untap during your next untap step. Um, and if you do, you get some kind of effect out of this. Now, in the first set where Exert showed up, this would only happen as the creature attacked. And you would get some bonus, usually related to combat, but sometimes it would just be draw a card. There was one that just let you put a creature from your hand into play uh, if you exerted it. But then the second set after um, exerted your... Um, you could exert a creature as you tapped it to make extra, it tapped to make tokens and you could exert it as you tapped it to make more tokens. And there were a couple other things like that where you'd exert it as you tap it. I think there was a mana dork that you could exert. Uh, and I half expected after this mechanic came out for them to um, just use it to describe making your opponent's creatures not untapped during the next untapped step. It seemed a lot more elegant. It seemed like you'd get, you know, blue spells in it limited that say like, tap target creature, exert that creature, draw a card. But they, and it didn't end up doing that, I guess, for simplicity's sake. And I, I understand, but the exert mechanic, like, there's there's a few things they haven't put it on yet that I think would be really interesting on. And, of course, you know, if you don't remember the exert mechanic, even if you played back then, you probably remember Glorybringer. It was the best card to use the exert mechanic, I think, pretty objectively. Um, but I just think it was a really elegant mechanic, had a lot of design space, really interesting and limited, really interesting and standard, just required you to make a lot of really important decisions and i love making more decisions during a game will what are your thoughts on exert do, do you think the glory bringer was a bit too powerful um i think it's like i think it was exactly fine for uh for modern at least i think it was surrounded by a lot of very strong cards that really put it in the spotlight i think if you printed glory bringer now it would not be very good Okay, that that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, it's fine for uh, older formats. I I do think it was a little bit too powerful for the standard environment. Uh, it, it um it lived in. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, very um iconic card. This will be the exert card that everyone knows. Um, I I wonder if the reason that uh, and obviously we need some more time. Like uh, Amonkhet was only a couple of years ago. I, in some respects, that's a long time ago. But in some respects, it's like not that long for one of its set mechanics to make a return. I wonder if. <laughs> 
I wonder if Wizards, um, you know, maybe like with new player analysis, maybe they've they've come to the conclusion that new players don't like having to choose uh, between, uh, you know, uh, basically turning your creature off for a turn and then getting an effect. I wouldn't be surprised if like newer players were like, I don't want to have to make that choice. You know, that this isn't this isn't fun because I want the effect and I want my creature. Uh, so maybe that's a barrier for them uh, to bring this back. Yeah, um, I think that's like, I think that's fair. Maybe these decisions aren't as fun for new players, and like they're making, they're exerting it every time because they don't want to lose value, or they're never exerting it, and then it's boring. Um, I think that's a that's a good point to make. I think Glorybringer in particular was often pretty hard to make decisions with in Standard, and it actually made you make the decision to file a bug report. Have we talked about that on the podcast? I think we have. Uh, I, I, maybe I'll, if, if I haven't, I think I'll save that um, story for, for another time. Um, okay. I, I really like Exert. Um, it's very clean. It, it makes a lot of sense. It did play very well, at least for us who are you know versed in how magic works. I, I I'm a little torn on it, though, because... It would. It, it. This is one of those things where if uh, wizards wanted to bring it back for one set, uh, or, or sorry, if they wanted to bring it back for one card, it would make sense for them just to write it out completely. For it to be a set mechanic, I I, I feel like there. I, I guess I fall on the other side of you on this, where I don't think there's all that much more they can do with an entire set of exert regardless of how well it plays so um i don't know i don't know like what kind of set they can make with exert but um i i have a feeling we're going to see exert cards in the future just they're going to be one-offs and it's going to be yeah. written out but if exert came back as a set mechanic i'm sure it would be you know pretty popular at least with us you know like super entrenched magic players so i th yeah this is a great uh great mechanic yeah, maybe we're in a bubble where we just like these dec gameplay decisions a lot more than like your average player. Um, you know, with our with our huge brains um, yeah. just pulsating in our heads. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, a, a bit of a of a less um, fan favorite mechanic. You've you've got an interesting one here. Now I like this one too, but I, I think we are in the minority. So so tell us about flanking. Yeah, I like this. Um, I have my doubts about whether this would actually ever come back in a meaningful way, but I like it, and I think that there's um, design space there, or at least adjacent to this. So flanking is a... It's a super old mechanic. I think it goes all the way back to... Um, Tempest? It might be Tempest. It's it's like Tempest, Mirage, Weatherlight. It's one of those. Probably Mirage. Yeah, era. yeah I, I, sh I should do some yeah. research for the show. But... Uh, <laughs> It's a, uh, it came out in Commander 2016. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. So flanking is a uh, it's a mechanic that it was put on creatures, and more often than not, these would be like knight type creatures, like uh, humans riding cavalry is what this would be on. And flanking means that whenever a creature without flanking blocks this creature, the blocking creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. So that's you know, um, exemplifying the idea that if you're a um, armed combatant on a on a uh, horse, you know that's going to give you greater mobility and more killing power, so to speak, than um, uh, armed combatants that are not on uh, horses. And, and we've seen stories like this all the time, where the cavalry charges into um, infantry and just mows them down because they're they're just so much uh, they have so much superiority in terms of speed and uh, uh, power that they're wielding. Uh, this yeah. this mechanic is a little awkward, and I don't think that this would be printed as written in a in a um, modern set. Like if they were going to bring this back, they would probably bring it back in a different way, um, because it is a little weird that it's only if it's attacking and your uh, opponent is blocking. That makes thematic sense but it probably plays a little less well um than than it would i'm sure if they brought this back it would be more like a bushido where it's like yeah whenever it's in combat if it's you know um someone doesn't have flanking it would um or whatever the mechanic would be um it would get plus one plus 
one or not minus one minus one. But, um, you know, I, I just think if we went to a plane that, um, you know, had a lot of like, um, uh, you know, horses, uh, cavalry type things, this would make real, this would make a good sense as a set making kind of in the same way that wither would where like part of the set has wither and the other set uh, and the other doesn't, but has like other abilities. There could definitely be another, you know, flanking type set where like a good, like maybe like a, a one color pair is like the flanking color. And then all of the others have other things that make them, you know, uh, of the same power level. It's pretty generic. Uh, you know, it could fit into to many different planes. There's lots of different um, ways that flanking could be expressed in, in magic, uh, you know, um, lore and story. It doesn't have to be horses. You know, maybe they could have something that gives them um, flanking abilities. Maybe rogues could have... Uh, yeah, there was a sliver with flanking. Yeah, yeah. There, there's lots of different ways that you could do this. Um, and, it, you know, like I said, it lends itself to dra uh, draft archetypes. This could definitely be like a color pair thing and maybe like a core set or like another set that we went to. I, I just think that there's there's more design here um, that we could we could explore definitely agree i think this is a pretty elegant mechanic i, I would prefer a bushido type version because it's a little awkward for just like tactical for something that's flavored as like a combat tactic to make something die to state-based actions um but yeah I, I think i think this is definitely an interesting mechanic and i think it plays really well i just like you said like i think a bushido type variant would play better but yeah, this would be a good set mechanic for a color pair. And I think wizards would would feel the same way. Like just for like um, player, um, excuse me, um, just just for like uh, player engagement, like new players on arena, they would much more prefer it to be you know something that always happens no matter what, and probably a plus one plus one. But I would love to see yeah. this come back. Um, I yeah. know I know that the next uh, one is a huge favorite with Magic players and with you, uh, and is pretty powerful. So why don't you tell us about your next mechanic? Yeah, so my next mechanic, we're shifting over to an instant sorcery mechanic, uh, and this one is buyback. You may pay an additional three as you cast the spell. If you do, put this card into your hand as it resolves. So this was basically you get to put the spell right back in your hand uh, if you paid more for it. Uh, and usually it was go, would go on overcosted, pretty ca crappy spells. But this capsize saw a lot of play. So this was three mana and buyback three, return target permanent to its owner's hand. So when you're thinking, like, bounce something to their hand for six, but you get access to it for the rest of the game. So it's basically like an infinite value sort of situation. The other one that comes to mind is the one mana create a 1-1 one, one Sapperling with buyback 3. So you're paying 4 mana. I think it had Convoke too. So you're Convoking paying 4 mana to get a 1-1, one, one, but you can do that whenever you want for the rest of the game unless they like thought seize it out of your hand or something. Um, so with these buyback spells, you are always looking to pay the buyback cost. It's terrible if you don't. Mm -hmm. But if you do, you can really take control of the game, especially with this one and the Sapperling making one with Convoke. Yeah, I have to uh, disagree with you on a little bit. I think buyback was a mistake and never should have been printed to begin with. Um, okay. I I do not want buyback to come back because I yeah, it's like capsize is a good example of a card that you know it's good. It's it, it's reasonably the power level of it is reasonable up until a certain point. But once you kind of get past that point, like the card is absurd, like, like one of the most broken things you can do in magic type, uh, type broken. Um, and all of the buyback cards, even though some of them, obviously some of them are not as good as the others, but they're all very good. I'm thinking of whispers of the muse, which is just draw a card. Uh, and the buyback is, um, I think it's I th it's six mana total to play it and buy it back. And that card was playable, uh, even though it was just draw a card. Um, but the fact that it had buyback just made, you know, just kind of gave it that power level to kind of push it over the edge of playability. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I agree with you about buyback as it exists right now, but I think the problem is that all the buybacks have been mana costs so far. I think this mechanic could be really elegant and fun if the buyback costs got changed to, like, discard a card or exile three cards from your graveyard, or sacrifice a creature for the buyback. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's a great point. I'm glad you mentioned that. I would be okay with more exploration of this uh, uh, if, if it wasn't just the mana. Um, and I think yeah. it would, you would have to have something like that for this to even make sense in uh, modern magic. But uh, yeah, as, It needs to be a concrete cost. Yeah, yeah, capsize and forbid uh, as well, um, I just don't think are going to... Um, 
Oh yeah, for don't sure. don't have a place in modern magic, unfortunately. But I totally understand that uh, some people, you know, um, uh, really think that buyback should come back. Yeah, I, I I am one of those people. I would just like for the the costs to be adjusted. So this is a mechanic I don't want to be back. I don't want to come back, and mostly just because I'm angry about a standard deck that annoyed me. Uh, why don't you tell us about Explore? <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'm interested to, to hear your um, your thoughts on that. So Explore was an Ixalan and then Rivals of Ixalan, um, and it seemed really clunky at first. I remember when we were seeing cards coming out uh, of these sets for spoiler season and thinking, Explore, that seems really clunky. But as we played with the cards, it actually played pretty well, and most people kind of remember Explore pretty thon- uh, fondly. When a creature has Explore, when it, uh, and um, it mostly comes into play uh, when it comes into play, you would explore. But there's, I think there's a couple other kind of um, ways that it can be done. When it explores, you reveal the top card of your library. Uh, you put that card into your hand if it's a land, and, uh, and then otherwise you put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature and then put the card back or put it into your graveyard. So if it was a non-land, you get to decide whether it's on the top of your library or the bottom of your library. Now, oh, the graveyard. Uh, oh, is it the graveyard? Oh, it goes to the graveyard. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the explore mechanic uh, w- was meant to um, evoke the exploring, uh, uh, you know, um, ethos of the Ixalan um, set, uh, because you know these, all of these, um, you know, like the pirates and then the uh, vampires were coming mm-hmm. in and exploring all of this uncharted world. So explore makes sense in that. Um, in that way um but like explore i think is pretty generic i i think that this could go into a lot of different um uh you know sets and uh ways of you know ways of putting it into magic um and there aren't really that many explore cards that exist uh, i did a uh, a scryfall search and it seems there are only three creatures that have explore written onto the card um you know that automatically do it and you know 13 is not really all that much for a, a two a two set mechanic um i i think that there's a lot more design that can be done uh here with explore and i also think that maybe it should be color shifted a little bit i want to hear what you have to say about this um they're all explore was mostly in green and black um and i think there was like one blue two white cards um and yeah. then a handful of black cards um but i think that if explore comes back it should really be more of a white mechanic maybe like a, a white and then secondary and green um i think that this would give um a bit more power to white give it a bit more of an identity that's um uh, you know away from other colors and it's not actually card draw but it, it is a way for white's creatures to um, be able to at least manipulate the cards that they're drawing in a way that makes sense. Um, so I'd love to see this come back. I think it could go in, uh, you know, it could go a lot of places and would make a lot of sense in white. There's just a lot more they could design uh, uh, with Explore. Yeah, I think um, the problem with making it a white mechanic is that it's useful. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, I just was salty about the the Saltai Explore deck that was very good in standard a while ago. Um, the one that featured the elemental that was a one three for two that whenever you explored you gained two life and put a plus one plus one counter on it. It was just crazy. Um, and then like Merfolk Branchwalker was just a really good card the entire time it was in standard. Um, yeah, I guess I'm a little salty from that. I do think it's a neat mechanic. It's very flavorful. It's a little bit hit or miss. Because the difference between surveilling and actually drawing a card is huge. Um, And the creature is usually going to die in any constructed format. Whereas in limited, you know, the plus one plus one counter matters. It's a lot more nuanced and interesting in limited than it is in constructed. But I think in constructed, like the difference between drawing a card and surveilling is so huge that like it ends up feeling like a coin flip more than anything. And that's my issue with the mechanic, but I, I like it. I like the way it plays in limited quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. It plays a lot better than we thought it would at first. So Yeah. All right, well, that, um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Um, yeah, so this next one is also another mechanic. Man, you're really bringing out the heavy hitters for this one. Uh, this one is one that is a huge fan favorite for many old-school Magic the Gathering players and is probably not that uh, far-fetched to come back in the near future. So you, why don't you tell us about Flashback? Yeah, so Flashback was pretty simple mechanic. Uh, you can cast this card from your graveyard for its Flashback cost, then exile it. 
this went on instants and sorceries, it just gave you a second chance to cast the spell, or if you put it in your graveyard by some other means, a first chance. Uh, and this mechanic shined on cards that, like, were a little bit, like, like in an awkward spot. So, like, I put Lingering Souls here because two one one white spirit creature tokens of flying is definitely too good to make it two mana, but it is not good enough at three mana. It would never see any play, but they gave it flashback. You can cast it a second time for two mana, and that kind of evens it out. It's very good. It's a very good mechanic for adding some nuance to some cards. It's a good mechanic to... Um, and there's just a lot of design space with it. You can make it like a niche a niche spell that you get basically two copies of to put in your sideboard with something like um, uh, Ancient Grudge. Or you can make it like a late-game Mana Sink and Limited with something like, um, I believe it was Firebolt. It was Sorcery Speed Shock that would flashback for like five. Yeah. Um, you can take a card that wouldn't quite be good enough but let you cast it later in the game for way more mana. And I think that that's where Flashback shines. Of course... The flashback spells that players know are Lingering Souls and probably Snapcaster Mage, which you can argue that that's a design mistake. I just think it's a very powerful card, and it's fine to have very powerful cards. But, um, yeah, like I think Lingering Souls is one of the most elegant designs that really captures why flashback is such a fun and good mechanic. And I don't think it's broken because it's not really repeatable. Like, you, you get to cast it, and then you get to cast it an extra time. And if they balance the card correctly... Like, it's not Flashback's fault that Flashback is broken. It's the couple cards that have been broken with Flashback. Things like Past in Flames. Yeah, there have been plenty of Flashback cards that have not been a problem at all. Um, you know, yeah. uh, I know there's one that, like, taps creatures uh, from Innistrad that's that's pretty good. Uh, you know, that, that was was pretty good in its limited environment, but is not broken. Forbidden Alchemy, uh, I know, was, a, uh, was, like, the perfect, like, power level uh, for a Flashback card. Yeah, you're yeah, at... Power- yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and and the thing is, is that when you design flashback cards, you don't really like you have to you have to tweak the numbers to um, accommodate flashback. But it makes sense for this to be on almost any type of instant or sorcery. You're not mm-hmm. constrained as to what types of spells you can put with flashback, which I think is definitely a point in its favor and gives it a lot more longevity into. Um, uh, whether this, you know, how, how much design can go into flashback. And, you know, it's just a fan favorite. Like, tons of uh, Magic players love cards that have flashback. Um, you know, everyone's got their favorites. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's just everyone loves it. It's, it's, it's a core piece of Magic's history. Yeah, it's a player pleaser for sure. But it seems like every time they think about bringing it back, they bring back, like, sort of a, a numbed, like, sort of a, a, a sanded-off version of it. Um and that kind of that disappoints the players who right. like flashback. Um, but I guess like it makes the limited environments better, and it does let them turn some dials on it. But I do wish every once in a while they would just bring back flashback. Um, but speaking of sanded down versions of flashback, you're here to make the case for jumpstart. Yes. Okay. So I love jumpstart. Um, I think that flashback is not perfect. Um, it has some things that um, kind of limit its power level and, and why you would have to really be careful about the cards that you create with flashback. Um, the the bo- you know the, the bottom line of it is flashback is built in card advantage. Regardless of what that card does, um, the fact that you basically can cast it two times means that it's a built-in two for one, you know, it, you know yeah. at least at least for um, for virtual card advantage. I think that Jumpstart is a perfect way for them to bring back um, flashback type gameplay with uh, while getting rid of that um, you know inherent um, uh, card advantage. Uh, so pretty much everything that you said, I, I think applies uh, the Jumpstart. Um, and, and for those of you who don't know, Jumpstart pretty much is a flashback. The um, flashback cost, uh, so to cast it from your graveyard, is going to be the exact same as the converted mana cost, and you have to discard a card from your hand in addition to paying its other costs. And then it exiles. Yeah. So basically flashback, but it's always the converted mana cost, and you have to discard a card. I think that discarding the card it obviously lowers the power level of the mechanic, but I sure. think that that gives the designers more freedom to create more powerful cards. Um, it, you know, if they don't have to worry about it being built-in card advantage, there's so much more that they could design uh, with this, and um, we could see very powerful jumpstart cards, and it be less of a 
issue. It'd be less like it'd be less format breaking unless it, the design is just incredibly egregious. It's a little unfortunate that Jumpstart is kind of tied to the is it i kind of wish it was a bit more generic name um but for all yeah. the reasons all the reasons that you said about bringing back flashback i would like to see jumpstart come back and hopefully they would up the power level because of the discarding a card yeah i think i largely agree with you um i think that what jumpstart should have been was like flashback should have come back and some of the cards just should have had discard a card in their flashback cost I think that was an option, and the fact that they didn't do that sort of was kind of disappointing. I think um, it's fine to have a set with flashback where most of the cards that have flashback have discarding a card as a cost. Yeah, yeah, but that, then that makes sense. still print ones that don't. That's my take on it. I did enjoy playing with several of the Jumpstart cards. Obviously, you picked Chemister's Insight. I, I would agree with you. I think that was pretty much the best Jumpstart card in terms of what saw play in standard, the jumpstart clone card allowed for a lot of spicy homebrew decks that were definitely very interesting. Um, so shout out to that one as well. I believe it's quasi duplicate. I never had um, a good time seeing that in arena. Like anytime my opponent played a quasi duplicate, I was like, I, I am not going to enjoy this game. I mean, you're probably going to lose, but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I guess not for you. Um, but yeah, I think, I think jumpstart is, just an example of one of the mechanics they introduced to try to fix flashback when they can fix flashback with flashback. So I, I think I've got to disagree with you on this one, but I did enjoy Jumpstart. And like you said, the a generic name would have been helpful because this could be a mechanic that was in all five colors in a later set. Sure. It's probably a good thing that there are multiple ways that they can bring this type of gameplay back to Magic in, in different avenues. So it's good that we have options, and any of them I think would um, be good and also be popular with the fan base. So however they want to bring it back, I think it would be good. I could see it returning on Innistrad too. Um, you know, you, you kind of have to jumpstart a Frankenstein monster. I was thinking, with, uh, I was thinking that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe we'll see it there in in more colors, and maybe it'll return with Madness, and we'll get to exploit that synergy. Um, but yeah, next um, I've got Raid. Yeah, you t tell uh, us, tell us about Raid. Yeah, so I love Raid. I think it's a really elegant mechanic. It's a really like risk reward sort of mechanic. Um, I love mechanics like Landfall that will sort of just pay you off for doing something you're going to do anyway in a game. So what Raid does is it gives you some bonus um, every time you, uh, if you, when you play the card, if you attack that turn, which is not super bad. Like, you know, you're, you're going to attack most turns. Sometimes you're, it, it adds decisions because sometimes you're going to attack with a creature you know is just going to get eaten just so you can get your Raid trigger. Um, sometimes you're going to, like, prioritize playing flying creatures so you can safely Raid. Um, but the the example I have here is Wingmate Rock, which is probably the most standard played raid card, or especially of the first time that raid was around in Konzatark here. It came back in Ixalan. But um, it's a 5-man 3-4 flyer. When uh, If you have raid when it comes in, you get another 3-4 flyer. Um, and when it attacks, you gain a life for each attacking creature. Um, so very strong card, a lot of value, very resistant to removal, which removal was not even that great at that time. So you'd often just get to keep at least one of the three or four birds. You know, they're going to remove the one that gains you life, but you at least got to keep the other one, which is excellent for five mana. Um, eating a removal spell and keeping a bird. Uh, and a lot of these raid cards just play the same way. And there's a shit ton of design space. You can put literally any effect on raid. It yeah. can go on literally any card. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a mechanic that's that's probably going to come back. Uh, again but what are your thoughts on raid yeah raid is great um i as far as i know everyone really liked it when it came back uh you know when it came when it was printed the first time uh you're, you're absolutely right it's generic enough and um you know has so much design space built into it because you could do just do so much with it that it's kind of a no-brainer to come back um I, i'd love to see raid uh return M my issue with raid is that um and now it's an ability word it's not uh, technically a keyword which means oh, yeah. which means that it's written out every time i think that if wizards went to bring raid back it would most likely be in the fully written out version uh, and, and not actually be marked as raid. Um, so my expectations are low as to whether raid would come back as a full fledged set mechanic. Um, but mm -hmm. um, I do think we're going to get raid cards sporadically. That's that are, that are just normally written out. We'll have to remind ourselves that's a raid card, but this is definitely design space. I want them to explore a little bit more. Yeah, I, I would love for Raid to come back either as a set mechanic or, like you said, just written out. Uh, and it's come back as a set mechanic before with Ixalan, but, I mean, maybe they just – it's it's a two-off and then they're kind of done with it except for, like, supplemental products. 
Um, I will say boast from Kaldheim. You know, it's it's kind of like raid, and maybe they're they're using that as like a fixed version of raid or just a new sort of version of raid. And I, that mechanic does look exciting to play with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. how that plays out. I wonder if it's another one where it looks weird on paper but actually plays really well. Yeah, it's like creatures that give you a free spell you can cast if you attack with them that turn, um, which is going to be fun. But yeah, check out our uh, top uh, however many cards we're excited for from Kaldheim coming out in a few days Yep. Uh, from when this comes out. But um, next we've got a mechanic that we both wanted to talk about. I ended up giving it to you because you are um, the, uh, the in-house aggro player. Um, so tell us about Mentor. Yeah, yeah. I feel a little bad. I don't actually have all that much to say about this one. Uh, Mentor was from uh, Guild or not? Was it Guild? Was it Guild of Ravnica? Ravnica Allegiance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think. Yeah. Why? I don't want to be wrong about something on the internet. Return to Return to Ravnica for sure. For sure. But while he I'm while he's looking it right now, but tell me. Yeah, while he's looking it up, a uh, mentor. Whenever this creature attacks, so it would always be on creatures. Uh, whenever this creature attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on target attacking creature with less power. So <clears throat> it really it, it it's actually pretty flavorful. If you have a bigger creature that attacks with a smaller creature, your mentor creature will put a plus one plus one counter, growing your smaller creature. This this played really well in that a limited environment and. And there were a, a number of like good constructed cards that came out with Mentor, uh, Legion War Boss, uh, which I would say the, the the thing that made this most powerful was not the Mentor part. But you know, Mentor did play um, you know a good part in why this card uh, was good. Th this Mentor was just a really refreshing way to give a aggressive um, uh, to create aggressive mechanic that was a little different than what we saw um you know in the uh, from what we saw in the past i i yeah yeah go ahead. Oh, i i love this mechanic too i think it feels a little less red i wouldn't be surprised if this was the plus one plus one counter mechanic we see on the abzan if we go back to tarkir honestly it fits with them flavorfully i think there's a ton of design space still left over in terms of like ways creatures can get bigger to be mentors or ways like your other creatures can even could even get smaller to be mentored um, I shout out to the, the best one drop in a limited format in a long time, Goblin Banneret. Um, yeah, it had Mentor and it had double fire breathing, so you could pay two to give it plus two O, and it was a one drop for one one. Uh, you know, they don't want to remove it, but it's also just like it can make your three three with lifelink bigger or your flyer, like just by pumping it a couple times. So, mechanic that played really, really well in limited, one of my favorite limited mechanics since it came out, probably. See, my, my concern is that I actually think there isn't that much more space in Mentor, um, which is why I was a little hesitant about it. But, um, you know, mm -hmm. obviously the people who make magic cards are a little bit smarter than me. Uh, I think that they would be able to come up with something that was, uh, you know, fresh and new uh, and made sense to do with Mentor. And if they were able to do that, I would love to see Mentor uh come back uh, but yeah you're right it played very well and uh, it just played a little bit too well to not like revisit it and kind of try try to get that magic again uh yeah so yeah. i i just like to see it come back I, I think i think there's a little bit more there yeah I, I think so too i think there definitely is um i think i i could see it coming back on abzan and us just getting another round of like creatures with the plus one plus one counter counter mechanic and then gives all your creatures with plus one plus one counters a, a keyword Sure. Yeah, I definitely in white. Uh, yeah, like you said, I, I think it makes sense in red, but like this is definitely a, a white base mechanic, and I, I think that, sure. that gives a little room for them to grow. Yeah. So I've got next what is possibly the most controversial mechanic. Yeah. Yes. I, I know I'm coming in with all the hot takes in this episode. Um, Delve. I don't think it was Delve's fault. I think it was the cards that they gave Delve to, and that's why I put Temporal Trespass up here, the least broken Delve card, but with one of the most powerful effects in Magic on it. Mm -hmm. I think the issue was they didn't put enough colored mana in the cost of Delve cards. Okay, yeah. They made it so you could pay too much of the mana cost with Delve. Because when you're looking at a Delve card outside of Limited, you really just need to look at the colored mana and its cost. Mm -hmm. uh, and then assume you can put the rest of the cards in your yard, because you probably can. Um, eight is a little much to ask, so you're probably going to end up paying five or six mana for Temporal Trespass, but this is just an, an extra turn spell with Delve. But the, of course, real culprits were the ones that got banned in Modern, uh, Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time. 
Uh, and of course, there's cards with Delve still seeing play in modern, like Tassiger, Gurmag Angler. Those are like all stars. Like you sit down in a modern tournament, you're probably going to see that card across the table from you any given day that you sit down for modern. Um, but yeah, I think Delve was a really interesting mechanic that sort of got shafted by the cards they decided to put it on, if that makes sense. And the fact that they decided to give so many of them only one colored mana. Like Tassiger could have costed double black and been a lot more fair. What are your thoughts on Delve? I think that Delve is a mistake. Um, we, we keep telling, okay. yeah, yeah, we keep telling sure. wizards, you cannot print free spells. And I think that Delve is just too close to free. Uh, you know, um, it's it's trivially, it's trivially easy to build decks that just fill your graveyard and just create extra, I mean, they're just creating extra mana. Um, your point about the, the mana cost needing to be tweaked for it to, to be balanced is correct. And you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Gurmag Angler, I don't think should be one black and then all colorless. Um, so, but even then, I still don't even think that it's, um, uh, I still don't even think that nerfs the card that much um, because you're still the, for it to make sense as a mechanic. Uh, delve at full at um, like full power would need to make it under the normal rate because if it was just the normal rate, you wouldn't play it. But if it's under the normal rate, then it's like too easy to to get it below rate. So I, I just don't think that there's a way to. Uh, really fix delve and make it just a normal power level it's either like you said with temporal tre uh, trespass it's either unplayable or too good i don't think there's any middle ground so i i, I, uh, have, I have to cut. i have to disagree on delve murderous cut is the middle ground i think some <sighs> modern decks choose to play it some don't sometimes it's a one mana kill spell sometimes you're having to pay three or four for it Okay. Okay. I I will I will concede that that, that that's a that's an okay card. Yeah, I think that many of most of the Delve cards were not okay or they were terrible. I agree with you on that. But I think there are a couple that are in the middle ground, and I think if they focus on it going into that design space or like um, artifact removal spells or planeswalker removal, just more niche cards, not cards that are part of your main engine, then I think Delve could be a fun mechanic to bring back. But I do think it's definitely the most easily broken mechanic on this list i'm curious if you'd feel the same way before hokak was printed uh, because I... that put a sour taste in a lot of players mouths understandably you can't whack the gack but like i'm not even thinking about hokak i'm really only thinking about gurmag angler treasure cruise I, i'm thinking of like the cons era uh delve cards okay. yeah yeah um yeah yeah, Hogak was just on another power level of of, of things, yeah. even beyond Delve, uh, obviously. Um, but I, I mean, even even Tassiger was, you know, um, pretty much like one of the more powerful things you can do when it came out. Now it's been eclipsed a little bit since then, but you know, um, I, I just yeah. I just think the I just think Magic is probably in a better place if Delve is just left alone and uh, Magic continues to do new things instead of trying to fix something that obviously has a fundamental flaw. Yeah, okay. I think that's a perfectly defensible position, though I would I think I would disagree with you. But um, things that don't need to be fixed, things that are perfect and great and we love them, uh, tell us about Evoke. I don't know about that. Um, and, and this, I believe this is our last uh, mechanic. It's my last mechanic. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, we're going to talk about Evoke. Now, Evoke was originally uh, Lorwyn, Morningtide, uh, imprinted on uh, elemental creatures. It, there was a you could pay full cost the entire converted man cost to get the creature and get the come into play ability but mm -hmm. these evoke creatures would have a cheaper cost on them that you could uh, that you could um, pay to get the creature and then the creature would immediately be sacrificed as soon as it came to play so you know evoke it'd be evoke mana cost you can may cast the spell for its evoke cost if you do it's sacrifice when it enters the battlefield so the idea is that you can pay full price for the full creature and the ability or or you know that comes in the playability or you could just pay uh, the evoke cost and then just to get the ability um i have mold drifter up on the screen here and that's obviously yeah. like the gold standard uh for um evoke cards um this is a really classic mechanic lots of like people's favorite cards and powerful cards were printed in this era with evoke i, I think there's a yeah. lot of power in it like a you know mole drifter um uh shriek uh, Shri Shri yeah uh revelark is the one that oh, i was yeah. thinking about um yeah 
very classic cards. Uh, and I think that if they brought this back, um, you know, it would also, there's, there, I think there's more design space. It's, uh, it's pretty, um, generic in, in its, uh, thing. The, the idea when this was first printed, it was just elementals, but I think that you don't really need to stick with that if, if this, um, got brought back. And I think it's, you know, generic enough to where we could still do more design space with this. I think I completely agree. This is a beloved mechanic for me. And I think a returning is definitely more of a when than an if. Um, they're absolutely going to bring this back at some point. They love it. The players love it. I'm surprised it hasn't been back sooner, especially with like the that core set with all the elementals in it. Um, but hopefully we'll see it again soon because I, I love Evoke. You know, you either give it an enters the battlefield or it leaves the battlefield or a dies trigger. Uh, and you get, you know, it's like a creature or a spell. This is um, like a like a cleaned up version of Adventures. Um, well, that's the, well, that's kind of why I'm um, a little um, down on this effort coming back. I think that Wizards fixed this with Adventure. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that um, if Wizards wants to uh, continue down this path, I think they're going to keep going the Adventure route, where you get both at different times um i, I would much I, I think that's much more likely that we see a venture come back than evoke um, because that just seems to be much more in line with that new type of design uh that they're doing so i'm yeah. not really holding out hope uh for it but i i do think that um adventure has to be set uh, set um, set specific. Um, I, I don't think they would just print one-off adventures. I think Evoke is a way if they wanted adventure cards sporadically throughout other sets, Evoke would be a good way to get that type of gameplay um, and, yeah. and it be more standalone. So Without using a different card frame. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I think it just it's very clean within the normal rules of magic to do an adventure type card. Uh, and yeah, I just I, I think that they should keep this in their toolbox for things going forward. Yeah, I think uh, I want you to be wrong because I like this mechanic, but I think you've fed me the Doomer pill on Evoke. It probably is not coming back because Adventures kind of take its place. I think if they if they can make a mechanic with a new card frame, they'll do it for some reason now. So, yeah, uh, but I did I do love the cards that have Evoke. And the shenanigans with blinking was always really fun. If you had an instant speed way to blink them, you could evoke them, and then in response to the trigger for them to die, you would blink them, and then you not only would you get to keep the creature, but you'd get the end of the battlefield trigger twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, old, yeah, old school players would be excited for any of it card just because of the uh, pedigree of the mechanic, and uh, it would oh, yeah. it would most likely probably be you know uh, pretty pretty playable too. Yeah. This is a real soy face maker. For sure, yeah, but, yeah, for sure. But, that, um, but that's my last mechanic, and I think that is all that we got. Man, we we kind of did a, a real whirlwind tour of Magic's history today, haven't we? Yeah, we have. I, I like this episode. Um, I've made a pit shitty little end card thing with our uh, social media on it. If you want to follow us on Twitter or me on Twitch. Um, yeah, that's on screen right now. Yeah. Um, and then our YouTube is obviously got shot. And then, I mean, you're listening to us wherever you're listening to us. So go ahead and subscribe to us there. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. Um yeah, I don't know if we've ever like specifically said this, but I guess I'll go ahead and do it now. Uh, we started this as a podcast, and, and you know, um, you know that has certain uh, connotations as to what that uh, content has uh, has been. We've been doing this for oh, it's been about six months now. We we did take a break, but you know, we're we're back. We're we're getting uh, into the swing of doing things. Uh, we decided that we really wanted to have um, uh, more of a, a focus on YouTube. So when we do this, for those of you who are just listening to this audio only like through the old podcast feed uh we are doing a a visual uh part of this uh and all of that's going on youtube so if you are a podcast listener and uh you really want to support us and uh and, you know help get our numbers up get our engagement up uh please subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell icon you know leave a comment so the algorithm knows to share our video more uh, we'd really appreciate that and there's definitely now nowadays there's a visual component uh that you know is really really nice where you know, Fred's working hard on these um, <clears throat> slides that we got going on here. So please do that. And then also, if you want to get if you want to get more gut shot on the go, you watch us on YouTube. We also have the audio podcast that you can uh, uh, subscribe to. We appreciate that uh, engagement as well. Uh, so that's that's where you can find us these days. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, give us a subscription on, on YouTube and, uh, and listen to us on the go. Um, so with that said, uh, I think it's time to wrap this one up. Yeah, let's button this one up. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gut Shot. It really means a lot to us for you to be here, you know, every episode. Uh, you can follow me at AgroRhetoric on Twitter. Uh, Frederick is at WarCrimesUwu on Twitch. And um, I'm going to have to go back on the slide to, to read this. At FredAss underscore B on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at GutShotPod. Uh, yeah, this has been Gutshot, the uh, only Magic the Gathering podcast that understands magic exactly as Garfield intended. Uh, we don't record on Mondays, and we love lasagna. <laughs> That's pretty good. 